to this morning. Hallelujah. We really thank God to uh, greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. How many say, I was glad when they say, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We really thank God this morning. Shall we bow our heads? Gracious Heavenly Father. I just remember the time when we did not know you, how difficult it was, how miserable we were. We did not even know whether we were going forward or coming back. It was just, uh, we were just grouping in darkness. But one day, there was just a flicker of light. And Lord, from that time, I believe all believers would agree with me we were never the same. Amen. And our prophet preached the message from that time. And I believe in every believer's life there is that juncture where they can say, from that time, I was never the same. Amen. And Lord, from that time, we were thankful. We were full of gratitude. And some of us, we had to pinch ourselves many a time and say, who are we to have been chosen in this manner? Why would this gospel bypass so many people to come our way? And we looked at our deeds and things that we had done in the past, and there was none that we could have presented to you. And the only answer that we had, it was that it was unmerited grace. This morning, I'm glad that we are redeemed. I'm glad to be given an opportunity to sing redemptive songs. I know what it is like not to have that opportunity and I know many are still out there, they have a desire, but the gospel has not yet reached them. And we pray that at the right time, may it reach them. And for us that are here, let us not take it for granted. And Lord, let us not forget where we come from. Because if we could forget where we come from, we may end up where we come from. This morning, I just want to thank you for the message of Malachi 4. What would I be preaching this morning had I not had the tapes? What would I be preaching this morning if I had not the books of the prophet? It was just going to be a bunch of nonsense. But this morning I'm glad that I can rise above the denominational realm because there has been a prophet in the end time. And Lord, for that we want to thank you, dear God. And I believe every question can be answered by this message. If there is any question in the building, let it be answered by this message. But Lord, we want to thank you. We don't want to ask anything. We just want to say we want to thank you for being your children. Because you said as many received him, you gave them the power to become his children. For that, we thank you, dear God. When the gospel was preached in the early church, the Bible says as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. And this morning, we are here because we were ordained to eternal life. And that is why we could believe, dear God. We want to thank you. We take every spirit under the glory of God. May the Holy Spirit come and be in operation as we commit every brother and every sister and every young man and every young woman to you for your glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Now, while standing, 
Uh, we are going to read from the book of Acts. I don't know whether you can give Brother Grace and Mike. You're going to help me read this morning. Amen. Acts, the book of Acts, 6, from verse 1 to 7. Maritude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and save tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, when we may appoint over this business. Verse 4. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the sign pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicano, and Timon. And Parmenas and Nicholas and proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Amen. As you take your seats. Amen. <clears throat> this morning we just we are going to have an ordination for the deacons that were elected a couple of months back. And I thought before we should do it, let's speak on the placing of deacons. Amen. Or maybe just to kickstart the, maybe even those that may not or new born in the faith, or maybe the visitors. The 
this church is exclusively run on the teachings of William Brenham. Hallelujah. Uh, I'll repeat so that somebody must not say it's a slip of a tongue. This church runs on the teachings of William Brenham. William Brenham, we believe he was the prophet in this final age, according to Malachi 4, 4 and 5, and as well as Revelation 10, 7. Amen. And the reason we say we believe in the teachings of this man is because his teachings were authenticated by the scriptures. Amen. We don't say we believe in him just because he was an eloquent speaker. He wasn't much of an eloquent speaker, but we believe that he was a vindicated prophet of the hour. We run our homes based on his teachings. We run our lives, personal lives, based on his teachings. We run uh, our churches based on his teachings. We run our marriages based on his teachings. Uh, to us, he's like when Moses said, I will raise a prophet. God will raise a prophet like unto me. And we believe that he led the third exodus. Moses led to the first one, which was a nation coming out of a nation. Then Jesus led to the second uh, exodus, which was a church coming out of a nation. And this man has led the third exodus, exodus, which is the bride coming out of the church. Amen. Amen. Are we together? We are, we are not ashamed of this messenger. What we hang on the every word that he spoke. It's not a new religion. It has always been there. Some of us who have been here for almost three decades, 30 years later, we can say we are who we are because of the teachings of this man. And we can say our lives and families are where they are because of the teachings of this man. He did not want to be popular with the modern world. He stayed true to his call. And like Paul, he said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. And we believe without a shadow of doubt that this message is the answer to this dying generation. Are you here, believers? Amen. And that is why we take heart to heart what this messenger has taught us. Like Daniel, as he was in Babylon, he read the books of Jeremiah. We are in the modern Babylon. We read the books of our Malachi 4 in order to know the times and the seasons where we find ourselves. Our manner of dressing is influenced by his teachings. Our manner of conduct is influenced by his teachings. He left a few books. One of them that is outstanding is COD, Church, uh, Conduct, Order, and Doctrine, which that is an acronym for it. And believers, you would know we live in a time 
where people are beginning to leave conduct and just concentrate on doctrine. And some are leaving order and concentrating on doctrine. It has to be conduct, order, and doctrine. Are we together? Those are still relevant until we go into the rapture. Are we together? <clears throat> and actually, the right conduct will lead, the right doc, the right conduct will lead you to the right doctrine, and will make your life to be orderly. And the right doctrine will lead you to the right conduct. They go together. Are we together? Now, <clears throat> I I've been privileged. Uh, to have been to school, I have been privileged to have read books on leadership, management. I have been privileged to interact with very fine leaders in the secular world. And I still would want to affirm that there is no better way to run a church than to use the tapes of William Brenham. Are you here, people? Amen. I've read books, management, leadership, but I still say a church of God is led by the teachings of the prophet of God. Amen. And, <clears throat> excuse me, many a times, what creates a strain for us pastors is when we attempt to be creative and we try to do something that he has not said, and it creates a lot of strain for us. Amen. Are you with me, people? I'm saying whatever he said, how we run the church, what he said in the 60s and 50s is still relevant in 2018. And if we stay 20 more years, it's still going to be relevant. Are you with me? And remember, this was a, a prophetic ministry, he said certain things then, but they were addressing even things that were coming in the future. Uh, are you with me? Uh, and remember, uh, today's solutions are tomorrow's problems. How many know that? But uh, with, the prophetic, with the prophet, it's not like that. Today's solutions are even solutions for future problems. Are we together? Now, before we ordain our brothers and we'll have the prayer for the whole board, <clears throat> we just want to get into the teachings of Brother Brennan and then we'll read a few scriptures and thereafter we'll do an ordination and then the brothers can serve and join the rest of the team. Amen. <clears throat> I took you back to the beginning when the first deacons were ordained in the book of Acts, seven men were identified and were presented before uh, the multitude, and the Bible says the multitude were pleased, and these men that were presented, <clears throat> there the is certain qualities that the Bible is calling out those qualities. Amen. And then we are going to get into qualities. I want to say, when we look for a man to be a deacon, 
we are not necessarily looking for a rich or a poor man. Uh, hallelujah. We are looking for men that meet the scriptural qualifications. Amen. A man who does not have a car can still be a deacon on a bicycle. I expect you to say amen to that. Amen. And I'm glad the brothers that I started with, they were not well off when we started. Their engine cars were overheating and don't look at them where they are now. That's not how they started. Amen. Uh, So when we looked, we did not look at where they were. We looked at the scriptural qualifications. And remember, the reason Brother Branham says when people would want to look out for a man that qualifies, they want a man that is polished. And you find that the man that is polished may not necessarily be the man that the Holy Ghost chooses. And we have seen with Maratinas in the book of Acts, uh, the Bible, the Holy Ghost chose Paul. But the apostles chose a different man. Are we together? And, and, and that is where and this speaks to us as pastors. It is not so much about what people possess. It is what they are. Amen. Are we with me? So, the Bible says they, they were, these men were men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost, wisdom, and full of faith, and they were ordained to handle the responsibilities and duties of the deacons. The prophet of God says in the message, the placing of deacons, he says the way this is done is the board can appoint deacons. That is why when we presented to the brothers that were here, we sat as a board and there was a nomination. And after the nomination, they were presented before the church and they were elected. And after they were elected, they were put on, I won't call it a probation, but a couple of months so that they can check whether they are comfortable to serve in the office. Are we together? And they were not elected by the pastor. They were not elected by the board. They were nominated by them, but they were elected by the church. Are you with me? So that means a pastor cannot just find the brother that he favors and push him into becoming an office bearer. It must be the whole laity that elects because the majority in the church is the Holy Ghost. That's what my prophet teaches. Are we together? Uh, uh, Stay with me. This has got nothing. uh, And and we've seen a lot of things. It doesn't mean that if you enjoy a cup of coffee with the pastor, automatically you become something in the church. The pastor may love you. You may be a blue-eyed boy of the pastor, but still... It has to come before the church because the church is sovereign. Can I get an amen on that? 
Amen. And the reason when they are presented before the church is that so that if somebody knows anything untowards about them, can be able to raise that objection and say, uh, this brother, there is this matter. Amen. And if there is a matter, it, again, that means the brother would not qualify. So there is a, a scrutiny that people go under before they can occupy an office in the church. Where we are trying to, we are trying to produce something of quality. Hallelujah. And the best way is to go back to the teachings of the prophet. Now, Brother Abraham says, the office of a deacon is a very great office. It's a great office, folks. It is a great office, and Brother Abraham says, and a great honor to be to the Lord, to be a deacon in the church. It's an honor to be a deacon in the church. And those that use the office not blamelessly, the Bible says they shall receive double honor. Are we together? And we'll get into that. So the first things that we do are, so for the benefit that may, of those that may be new in the faith, an unmarried man cannot become a deacon. A divorced man cannot become a deacon. A deacon is supposed to be a man that has got only one wife. Can we say one wife? Yeah, one wife. That's, that's the qualifications. Now, Brother Abraham speaks about this just to bring a quotation in COD. He says, one man that they had found was not exactly qualified because that he wasn't the right type of a man. One that was suggested by one of the honorable men of our trusty board. You see, in the trusty board, they made a suggestion. And after they made a suggestion, then the pastor will go and investigate, check the background. Are, are you with me? And the one that was suggested by one of the honorable men of our trusty board. But as the pastor and I came together, I asked the age of the young man. He was in his early 20s. It's not the age that disqualified him. Stay with me. Honorable, just and real man. But find out that he was a single man. The Bible requires a deacon to be a married man. He must be the husband of one wife. Are you with me, people? Uh, and we'll come, we'll show later why is it critical that a deacon has got to be a married man. Um, even the pastor has got to be a married man. It says, uh, and you'll, you'll see as we move right along, we'll be able to compare a few things. Uh, but today we see young men that are saying they are pastoring churches without being married. It's a mockery out of this message. No young man that is not married is supposed to carry the title of a pastor. I thought you would say amen to that. Amen. Uh, If a young man attempts to pastor without being married, and don't come and bring me a quotation of Brother Brenham and say Brother Brenham was a pastor but he was unmarried. You are not Brother Brenham. The pillar of fire was not there when you were born. Uh, Hallelujah. You were drinking as much as you could drink without any sound coming from heaven. 
you ran around without any sound coming from heaven. This was the prophet of the age, so you, you dare not compare yourself to him. Uh, with me. Uh, because someone will go and say, but the Brother Brenham here was the pastor. Brother Brenham was just there temporarily in that position, but he was not the pastor. He was born a prophet. Uh, are you with me? Amen. And the second one that they brought before the prophet, and he says, and then another man, which was very honorable man, very qualified for the job, and would have made a loyal man, as the brother suggested him. Then after investigating the case that the brother has just recently come into this faith, his wife doesn't believe in, in it, then that disqualified the man at the office because he must have all his family in subjection. They must also... Uh, they must be also in the faith because it would be a conflict. So that means a brother that comes into the message, believes the message, is baptized, but the wife is not in the message, he cannot become a deacon. Both of them have got to be in the same faith. Uh, Are we together? And while at it, brothers, it doesn't... When your wife is not in the faith and you are in the faith, the most dangerous thing that you can do is to try to impose faith on her. I would rather advise you to go on your knees and pray for her. Because if you begin to try to impose faith on her, you're going to breed rebellion. And uh, through rebellion, you are not going to be able to achieve much. Uh, are you with me? Amen. And we, even we believers... Let's, let's not impose our faith on uh, 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 partners of brothers that are worshipping with us that are not in the faith. Are we together? Uh, you, uh, can I get an amen on that one? Uh, hallelujah. Give them the best way is to pray for them. And brother, say when you become sweet and, and very hospitable towards them, it creates a desire in them that there is something special about these people. A judgmental attitude has never led anybody to repentance. When I get an amen on that one. Now, <clears throat> they asked Brother Brenham a question in COG 131. He says, is it a ruling that a deacon or a trustee must abide in the doctrine of their church? Yes, that's right. Is it lawful for them to add to or take away of the teachings because of their own personal opinion or revelation? Uh, Brother Bloom says, no, sir, no. A deacon or a trustee should be perfectly in harmony with the doctrine of their church. They should stay perfectly with the interpretation of the scriptures of their church because if they don't, they are fighting against the very thing and they are hating themselves. Are we together? Uh, and I want to bring it here, uh, and we have come to learn that not every message church interprets the things in the same way. Hallelujah. That means you can, you, cannot, you cannot worship with us that we believe that God is one. 
and yet you believe that God is true. Hallelujah. You've got to understand, and I want to put it across. I have had a great opportunity, privilege of interacting with great men in this message, great men, men that have been quite a success at what they've been doing for the Lord in the ministry. But I want to say to you, at no point in time have I ever observed any church out there and I thought I could use it as a template to run this church. This church has got no role model of another church somewhere, has got no role model of any other ministry somewhere, but yet we believe in the fivefold ministry. Why am I saying that the template that we use to run this church is the teachings of Brother Brenham? Are we together? Yes, we can have elders that I interact with, but once they have said or done something, I come back and check what do the tapes say about the matter. Why? So that I know, because I know that the tapes will not fail, but I cannot guarantee whether an elder or an individual will not fail. Uh, we together, Brother Chetu was praying here, indicating that there's a great falling away that is happening. So the template to run a message church, even some of you that become ministers and pastors later on, you must know it is the teaching of William Brenham. Are you with me? So, and, and why? That means a deacon must know where we stand doctrinally must be able to, because he, he may be a custodian of a doctrine. He may have to protect a doctrine. Are we together? He's got to know how the ministry inter, interpret the scriptures. Are we together? Uh, 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 we've got a lot of nonsense that has taken place within message circles like polygamy. We don't entertain such. Are we together? And our deacons must have the foresight and the insight to be able to look at something and say, this is the danger. We cannot embrace this in any way. Uh, are we together? Because why? They are there. They are the spiritual custodians in the church. They look at uh, the conduct. They are the policemen. And, and, and deacons must never be afraid because sometimes you've got to be confront certain situations that may not make you popular. Hallelujah. Remember, for a deacon, we are looking for an honest man, not a popular man. Uh, are we together? And when we say an honest man, that means there are times when you are a policeman, you are sent to go and arrest your friend. You know that. There are times where you've got to be sent to arrest your own wife or your own child. Are we together? So a deacon must be diligent, must be able to say, and remember, the church holds you on higher standards than the rest of the members. So that means your wife cannot dress in any way that she likes. Sisters, I'm going to come to you. Hallelujah. That means your children cannot just dress in any way that they like. Because why? You are a father. And you need to teach them the implications of their actions in the family as far as your ministry is concerned. Amen. Are you still with me? 
Let's read here, Brother uh, Grace, First Timothy 3, verse 18 to 13. For they that have, for they that have used the office of a deacon, well, verse eight. Likewise, must the deacon be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy. Lucro. Yeah. Amen. Holding the ministry. The mystery. Oh. Holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. And let this also first be proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. Stay right there. Amen. It says, let, them, let the deacons be grave. That means sincere. They must be reverent. Hallelujah. So that means they must fear God. Are we together? Not, not double-tongued. The only creature that is double-tongued is the snake. It is one tongue coming from the bottom, but as soon as it comes out, it splits. So what does it mean? That means if a deacon says no here, he will say no here, he will say no there. Okay. Are you with me? That means their weight is consistent. They are not divisive in any way. Are we together? And, and that means, I'm going to give you an example. It means that if you correct a child regarding a conduct, and the child goes to get to the parents, you don't come and say, maybe they misunderstood me. No. She understood you. Now you need to make the parents to understand what we were trying to say to the child. Are we together? So that means a yes of a deacon, it must be a yes. A no of a deacon must be a no. And I'm going to emphasize, if you are a deacon that would want to be popular, it will never work. Are we together? And, and go and check, even in the upbringing, we, we are where we are today, some of us, because we had very uh, strict deacons. Deacons that would face us when we were still boys and say, this is not acceptable, you need to change that. Are we together? So, and as a result of that, we love them even more now than then because we realize had they not taken that stance, we would not be where we are today. Are we together? And young ones, hear me out. You may have the best qualifications from one of the most prestigious uh, colleges, but remember, the deacon is Holy Ghost filled. He can see something that you don't see. And especially our young generation are not easily ready, are not readily available to accept advices. The thing is that as soon as you advise them, they go on Google. 
And if they've Googled it and they've got the research, they say, I've made my research, I'm carrying on with it. Let me tell you something. Many people's lives have crashed because of Google. You need the Holy Ghost. You don't need a Google. Are we together? Not given to much wine. Yes, I understand very well. Excuse me when he says much wine. That means not too much wine. That means a deacon would have some wine. But not in his house, at the house of the Lord during communion. Amen. Are you with me? I'm just saying, before you get excited of saying, uh, we are sorted, no, we'll have a, a communion with the deacon in the house of the Lord. Are we together? So a deacon is not somebody, is not somebody that is under the control of any substance. He's under the control of the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? Holding the mystery of the faith in pure conscience. There must never be anything that condemns a deacon. Remember, he must be a man of honest report. Not honest report within the four walls of the church. Even within the community, when his name is mentioned, people must say, that is a servant of God. Are we together? And I think the same expectation you would expect from a pastor, you don't want when you mention my name to your friend, and they say, ah, that one, crook, no, you will be grieved. Are we together? You want them to say, we don't agree with him, but really he's a man of God. So, an honest report, it doesn't mean only among unbelievers. When you go to the workplace, a deacon must be an upright man. I expect an amen on that. Amen. Let this also first be proved. So that means we cannot get a novice into the role of a deacon. Uh, we've got to find somebody that has been in the faith and somebody that comes into the office for a certain season, they get tested, they are acclimatized to the role, and then we get their feedback whether they want to continue to serve. Let them use the office of a deacon and being found blameless. Are we together? Are you with me? Amen. Amen. Let's continue there, brother, on the same verse. I think you stopped at verse 10. Uh, we can continue to verse 11. Even... Even so must their wives be grave, not slanderers, sober, faithful in all things. Okay, verse 12. Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses well. Verse 18. For they that have used the office of the deacon will purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Are you with me? Uh, and now, Brother Bram says in the message, Possessing All Things, paragraph 39, he says, right here we could start. I believe that when God calls a man to service, if he is a married man and has a helpmate, he calls his wife with him because the two are one. Are we together? So that means even the same applies to the pastor. When God calls me into a service, he's got to call my wife as well. 
If God capacitates me for a service, he's got to capacitate my wife as well. Are we together? Because uh, a lot of times, and this is where you need to understand, it doesn't only apply to deacons, but it applies to the rest of you. Your wife reflects who you are. Are we together? Uh, When uh, the best way in the church, especially sisters, they reflect the maturity of the church. I can teach deep mysteries, but how the sisters dress, spiritually it signifies where the church is in terms of the maturity. Are you with me, people? Are we together? So that means, and that is why, when you are a husband, you need not to be afraid of your wife. Hallelujah. I will repeat, when you are a husband, you need not to be afraid of your wife. And similarly, when you are a wife, you need not to be afraid of your husband. Are we together? These days, there are certain, we used to think that brothers are immunized from certain spirits, but we realize they are as much under attack as much as the sisters are under attack. The sisters got a right to say, brother, the way you are dressed it does not reflect me very well. He may be angry, sister, but don't put your foot down and say, this does not reflect me very well. Are we together? Amen. When well at it, I see brothers these days they wear uh, transparent white trousers that show the underneath garment. Sister, you've got a right and say this is an adolescent material. You are a husband of some woman. You need to conduct yourself with dignity because you reflect me. Ah, the demons are not coming, but I'm not going to leave there. I'm going to hit that spirit. Don't be afraid of your partner. Are we together? If you are a man and your wife is dressed in something that is tight, do not be afraid. Yes, they will be very upset, but it does not change who you are in the family. You are still the head of the family. You need to say, my love, I don't think that you look proper with this thing. Are we together? Because why? When she comes out, we don't look at her. We look at you. We say she has not lost her mind. You have lost your mind. Because where is the intelligence? The intelligence is in the head. Uh, Are you here, people? I know, but this is comfortable because men are afraid. Brother Bram says in modern era, a woman is worshipped. And men are afraid of wives. (laughs) Hallelujah. Some cannot even say amen because the wife is watching. I say, you are a man, you need to develop a backbone and say, this is a message home. And there is a way that we dress in the message home. Because when we go out there, you reflect me. And if you get to a stage where young boys in the streets are whistling at your wife, it means you have lost a control somewhere as a husband. That means in terms of the decorum, that is expected as far as the message is concerned. You have lost the wheel. Oh, I want to worship with men that have got a big bone. Hallelujah. Not merely Pete. I want to worship with men that can stand. Are you with me? Now, to the wife of deacons, when your husband is called into the deaconship, you as well, you are called because by virtue of him being a deacon, God is calling you to assist your husband in the service because a deacon is a servant to God's people. 
The church does not serve the deacons. The deacons serve the church. That is why they are elected by the church so that they can serve the church. Are we with me? Now, wives must be grave. That means as much as the husband is reverent, the wife must be reverent, not slanderous. A wife of a deacon is not a busy... Is it a busy body? <laughs> Hallelujah. He's not, a, he's not a, a, a conveyor belt of gossip. <laughs> because why? You may compromise your husband. Are we together? Because your husband has got to handle people's issues. So there is a decorum that is expected uh, from a wife of a deacon. They must be sober. Self-respect. They must be faithful in all things. And actually, a lot of sisters in the church would normally look at the wives of the deacons. How they are, they can set the tone on how the church is going to be. And actually, because they are assisting their husbands, they are the very ones that instead of the husband going to a sister, them can go to a sister and say, sister, it looks tight. Are we together? A deacon's wife is not a spectator, is a partaker. She serves along her husband. I'm not buying that story that a woman must not do anything, not say anything. No. The Bible has brought them here and given the qualification for a specific reason. And there are certain things that you as a deacon cannot handle, but you've got to dispatch your wife and say, my wife, we have not seen sister so-and-so. Can you phone the sister and check who, where she is? Because if you... Uh, are you expecting amen? amen? When you are a deacon and you phone a young girl that has not been to church and you phone and say, I've not seen you to church, where were you? It can start something that is undesirable. I expect an Amen. Because the poor child will say, hey, if I'm not there, the poor deacon misses me. But if it is sister deacon calling her, she realizes that no, there is a decorum, there is respect, there is, there is dignity in how this man handles affairs. And furthermore, a deacon cannot go and sit with a single sister and debate and try to guide. She needs an assistant of the wife right there. Least you be accused of something that you did not do and not be without an alibi. Can we get an amen on that? Hallelujah. This thing I want to throw it out of the window that we say wives must not be involved. They must be involved. Because why? She's there to protect her own husband. Are you with me? Amen. Can I give an example? Yes, sir. If a young girl comes into my office and she sits across the table where I'm sitting, and you are busy greeting each other out there, and she storms out of the office crying with tears streaming down her cheeks, and the other sisters ask her and say, what happened? Say, the pastor was touching me. Who is going to help me to overcome that? But if she came into my office and my wife is there, I am protected. 
church, you are living in during dangerous times. You need to be five steps ahead of the David. Don't be negligent. I've given you a tip even you brothers at work. When a woman comes into your office, leave the door open. Actually, don't even allow her to come into the office. Say, can we just talk in the corridor where everybody is watching? Because if she storms out of your office and she alleges that you wanted to do something, you are finished. We will believe her when we will crucify you. Oh, yes. We will crucify. Even the church, you will say, what happened? And they explained that she was in the office. She came out crying. Ha, ah, brother, she cannot just cry. What did you do? Brethren, stay away from the appearance of evil. Amen. The days are tougher. Because some men, they think they are the steering. Ah, oh, me, I can handle it. Oh, the devil has got 6,000 years experience in this game. A wife, not only in the message, not only in the office, a wife is a man's protector in the end time. If you don't want any rumors about your life, wherever you go, take honey along. And as a principal, I'm told, his brother Steve Francis, he was saying, listen, even if I could drive in the rain and see a woman, I don't pick her up. Because I don't know what may happen after I've picked her up. I don't know what rumors that may be there. Amen. Are you still with me? Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife. The most important woman in a deacon's life is his wife. Ruling their children and their own houses well. We don't assess you to be a deacon the day we are looking for a deacon. Even now, without us having no wanting any deacon, we are looking at all our young men. And some of you, when we come to you and say, correct this, is because we think you may be an asset for the kingdom of God down the line. But if you mishandle this here, it may compromise you down there. Because the church does not forget. Oh, they forgive, but they don't forget. They will remind us that at the time when we think that this brother can be a deacon, they say, hang on, you remember what he did? I hope you are with me. Are we together? Amen. And that is why I've realized that some men can serve in the office while the wives are miserable about the office because they don't take their partners along in serving the people. 
Many pastors' wives are miserable. Many pastors' wives are depressed because all the husband wants is being ushered by attention. He moves from this meeting to that meeting, neglect the poor wife. And I want to say, deacons, you need not to do that. Bring your wife along. Are you with me? Amen. Now, Brother Brenham says, when we choose a man to be a deacon, remember, people are at different stages of life. Brother Brenham says, if you can't respect the man, respect the office he holds in God. So that means, although we may not respect a man, although a man has got to end respect, but if you fail to respect the man, respect the office that he holds. Are you with me? And he goes on to say, and he speaks about the pastor as well. He says, that's exactly right. Respect him. If a minister comes up, you are pastor. Always respect him. I've heard congregations talk about their pastor. How just talk about him and run him down, ridicule him. How is that pastor ever going to do anything for you? He can't. If you don't say, if you don't, Say this church, but I, I don't say this church, but I mean churches I've seen. You've got to love your pastor. You've got to know that he's a human being, but yet God has made him his pastor. The Holy Ghost has made him an overseer. Then you've got to respect him in that manner. No matter what the pastor has done, if you respect him in your heart as God's servant, God will respect you for doing that. He that receiveth me receiveth him that him that sent me, Jesus said, are we together? So that means even not only for the pastor, the deacons have got to be respected, the elders in the church have got to be respected. Are we together? Now, coming to this, Brother Bram says, the deacons in COD, the deacons, your duty is to keep order in the church with kindness and friendliness. Kindness and friendliness. As a young boy, I was raised in the message. I've had good deacons and I've had bad deacons. I've had deacons that were friendly. I've had deacons that were arrogant. Yes, I'm saying it for what it is. I've had deacons that served the church with dignity. I've had the deacons that shouted at the church. But the prophet says we are to serve with kindness and friendliness. Then you are supposed to, if somebody gets out of order in the church or comes in here little drunk, if somebody jumps up and starts interrupting the pastor or some other like that, the pastor in his message, the deacon supposed to walk up to them, two or three of them, and say, could we speak to you, brother? Bring him from the church out into the office uh, and speak to him about it and say, you are not to interrupt. It's great fine by the law. 
it's, you know, it's great fun by the Lord to interrupt any service. But some people, such as a delinquent person or something, come among you and some religious fanatic and start carrying on. And, the deacon, and if the deacons don't seem to be able to control it, the trustee board or anybody else in the church can step up and give help to such a person, uh, you know. But remember, the deacons are God's policemen in the house of God. No matter what anybody thinks, sometimes a policeman wants not to have to go up and make an arrest on somebody, maybe one of his friends. But he's son to an office, he's got to do it anyhow. That's his duty to his city. Like they shot the minister out on the platform the other day, you heard about that. That drunk coming in with double barrel shotgun, he screamed for his wife and went up towards the pastor, and the pastor showed him his wife sitting there. He was going to shoot her right in the church, and the pastor started dealing with it. The man with the shotgun turned around and shot the pastor out of the pulpit, then shot his wife, then shot himself. If there had been a bunch of deacons there, when that man entered that door with that shotgun, they would have had their arms around him and the shotgun out of his hand. There is a purpose why they sit at the door, so that if there is one one that is disorderly, they can quickly go and speak to them. Or if there is somebody that comes and becomes rude, because we are now on the main street, somebody can come here drunk, the deacons must go grab the guy, take him out into the office, speak to him nicely, and if he is not cooperating, they are the policemen, they know what to do. And a deacon has got a right to investigate any matter that comes to his attention. Uh, are we together? Uh, I think it was Brother Mpanyana and I, we went to investigate a matter somewhere of a brother that was not living clean, and then when we knocked at the door, the brother was very aggressive. When they're not living right, they become aggressive. And now he wanted to say, what are you looking at? We say, we are coming for you because we pray, with, we pray with us. You fellowship with us. Then he started phoning the community and said, the community must come. We say, we are waiting for them because you belong to our church. And there is a certain expectation that we have about you. Are we together? That's why in this church, I've always emphasized, we are not afraid of anyone. Even deacons must never be afraid of anyone. If there is a matter that we hear, we investigate the matter. And the police, when he investigates you, sometimes he doesn't tell you. He investigates until he gets all the information. And thereafter, he presents the information to you. Are we together? I hope you're with me. Brahm says, Jesus acted as a deacon. He was both pastor, prophet, trustee, and deacon. That means he showed us the example of how it should be done. When it came time to show gentleness, then he showed the gentleness. He was sweet, kind, understanding, but stern. And everything was right to the dot with him. He did that for an example. That means a deacon will be sweet, kind, understanding, but when it calls for him to be stern, he needs to be stern. Are you with me? They asked Brother Brenham a question. How far Brother Brenham can or should a deacon go to keep order in the church? 
Should we keep the order or wait until Brother Neville, who was a pastor, tells us what we should do? Brother Bram said, that isn't Brother Neville's job. That's your job. You don't tell Brother Neville what to preach on and how to preach it. That's your job. You deacons, you are supposed to do that. You take care of that. That's nothing to do with Brother Neville. Now, if a policeman out here on the street, he sees a man stealing property out of a back of a car, should he call the mayor and say, now, mayor, your honor, say, I'm waiting for you here on this police force. Now, I find a man up the street. He is stealing some tires of a car last night. I just wonder what's doing wrong with him. Arrest him. Though, Brother Brum say, you don't do that. You arrest him. Then maybe some of the deacons go to their church or go to their house and find out why they left. That means, Brother Brum is speaking about when somebody is not coming to church, the deacon has got a right, even without asking the pastor to visit their house and check them. We haven't seen you in church. Is there any problem? Because the deacons are responsible to do visits for the saints. Why? It's because a deacon has got a responsibility to go and check if the family has got something to eat. And if they find that somebody does not have the food, then the deacons will be able to assess the need, come back to the treasurer and ask the treasurer, is there money available? We want to help such and such family. The family is in distress. Because why? We are responsible for our own. But while at it here, I need to emphasize, when you are a deacon and you help believers, the presumption is you help them through your office as a deacon, not as an individual. And I will explain why I'm saying that because along the journey, we learn painful lessons. And I'm going to say it for what it is. I was quite aggrieved a couple of years back where uh, the family was in distress and they approached an office bearer to, for assistance with finance. And after they approached the office bearer, the office bearer assisted them with money. But a few weeks down the line, or a week down the line, the wife of the office bearer went there to say, well, I'm here to collect money. Now, the poor family was now confused and said, but if your wife, the wife is here, were we helped by the church or were we helped by this individual? Uh, stay with me. I only got to know later about it had I known where the office bearer was there. He was not going to continue as an office bearer. It grieved my heart. Are we together? And that is why if an office bearer helps you in his personal capacity, he must state that categorically that I'm helping you in my personal capacity. So that you can make an informed decision and say yes or no. Don't assume. Are you here, people? I say, don't assume. But the presumption from office bearers is that I'm helping because I'm a deacon. Are, are, we, are you with me, people? And why am I saying that? Why am I saying that? You believers, you really get excited at times. A brother will come with a brother. They will talk about a business deal. They will even pray over it and fast over it. And they will carry out the business deal. When it goes sour, they want us, the church, to be part of that. Now, the church has got to be divided between brother A and brother B because brother A feels aggrieved. There's got to be a group that supports him because the deal did not go right. But we were not there when you crafted the deal. 
Are you with me? That is why it is always critical to step into the pastor's office. Pastor, this is what we are planning so that the pastor can advise. And I will say, you have prayed about it, but put a contract in place. Oh, no, I trusted the brother. No, put the contract in place. Are you with me? Now, church order. Brother says to the deacons, remember, you are not working for Brenham Tabernacle, in this case, Lighthouse Tabernacle. Neither are you working for Brother Neville or for the pastor, Pastor Madiba, or me or the prophet. You are working for Jesus Christ. And if you are working for Jesus Christ, it is an honor to serve God's people. And if it is an honor to serve God's people, it needs to be carried out with dignity, with fairness, with diligence. Are we together? He says, he is respecting your loyalty just the same as he is to the pastor or to anybody else. He is expecting your loyalty. We want to show our loyalty to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Brother Brenham says in this message, there are times along the journey where, as I indicated about the case that I just mentioned that grieved me, there would be such things. What happens when a deacon is alleged to be in the wrong or has done something wrong? How, how is it addressed? Again, it's not the pastor only that addresses it. He is elected by the church. The church has got to deal with that. Brother Brenham says, God has a way of doing these things if you'll just follow the rules. He says, if something goes wrong in the church, if it's amongst the congregation, each one of you brothers that's on the deacon board or one of you deacons don't behave, the other deacons come and have a meeting and try to reconcile the brother. Tell him what he's doing or one of you members, whatever you are, then it is to be brought before him. If he won't do it or if he won't repent, then it comes to be told to the pastor, then it brought it to the church, and if he doesn't repent, then he's loose from the church, then let him be as a heathen and as a publican, then watch the Lord go to work on him. That's when he comes back to himself like the prodigal son. That's when he go, goes to crawling and we try to do it ourselves. Hallelujah. And we never make a success. Now it says, if any person has a complaint against a deacon or against uh, uh, somebody in the church, it takes three people. If I've got a complaint with somebody, I go to him first. That's the scripture. If they don't hear me out, I take the next person. If they don't hear me out, we take the third person. If he doesn't hear us out, it's brought before the church. Did you hear the sequence? No phone call, brother. No, you take another person, you go to him. 
No gossip, sister. You take the sister, another sister, you go to the very sister. Uh, isn't that the decorum of how the church should be? Then, but I'm not there. Then if there is a grievance against a deacon or the deacon isn't just in a perfect man, he must hold the office of a deacon blameless and then found blameless. If that congregation finds out that the deacon is not holding that office, he gets three with him and takes it to the pastor. The deacon is asked to stay home over the night. Then the pastor comes and brings the congregation together and gives the grievance. And if the congregation votes for the deacon to continue or forgives him, the deacon continues. If they, for the, if they vote for the deacon to be dismissed, they elect a new deacon that very night. Are you with me? We've got to mention these things so that you must not in any way be confused. The prophet mentioned these things to prepare us for the journey. And I'm not saying there's anything like that. In the eventuality, we want to sensitize the brothers that are coming into the office how we run the affairs. We want to educate the church how do we run our affairs. Everything according to the teachings of the prophet. Are we together? Now, the trust is because this is the board, you've got deacons, you've got trustees. Brahman says, now the trustees only thing, they are under duty by God to watch that finances and take care of the things that goes on like that, uh, like the tapes, uh, about other things that goes forth, about the building and repairs and taking up the finances and things. That's what the trustee is to do. The property, finances and things. The deacons have nothing to do with that. Hallelujah. That means you cannot go to a deacon and tell him that, oh, I see a crack here. He's got nothing to do with that. But a deacon can come to you and say, hey, you are coming to church late. What's the problem? Because that's his responsibility. A deacon can come to your house. If a trustee comes to your house and say, hey, I see that there is a problem in your marriage, tell the trustee that you are at the wrong zone. This must be the deacon and the pastor. Are we together? That means the trustees have got nothing to do with the spiritual end of it. A deacon, a trustee can never discuss any matter spiritually with any individual. But the deacon, that's his zone. And similarly, the trustee cannot discuss anything to do with the finance. That's the trustee's role. Do you still believe in the prophet? Amen. And it says, the deacons has got nothing to do with it. Neither does the trustee have anything to do with the deacon's office. And that is why, if there is a matter, spiritual matter, maybe somebody is not living right, and then we come to a point where we want to excommunicate them, a lot of times we don't owe it to the trustees to tell them. They might as well be informed like the rest of the church when we come here. It's the deacon's responsibility with the pastor. Because why? A lot of times, if you give a matter to a person that is not ordained to deal with the matter, it can destroy that individual because they were not ordained to handle such matters. So that means even you, when you've got a strain, whatever spiritual, you don't go to the trust, you go to the deacons. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. amen. Neither... 
Neither does the trustee have anything to do with the deacon's office. If the deacon wants to ask the trustee's help on anything, you are all working together. So that means there will be instances like if they go to a place and they find that there is a family that is needy, they are most allowed to go to the deacon trustees and say, uh, the roof of sister so-and-so was blown away. Uh, is there money that we can be able to help? And the deacons are the ones that can tell the trustees that we think she'll be able to return the money at such and such time or she won't be able to return money because the deacons are the ones that will investigate the matter. Are we together? So that means he can come into the financials. How much are you earning, brother? He will ask uncomfortable uh, questions in order to make sure that whatever case that he brings, he is 100% sure about it. Uh, we together. And if a deacon asks you a question that is uncomfortable, just know that he's ordained you to do so. Hallelujah. I hope we are together. Are you still with me? I am going to stop somewhere. But before I stop, they elected seven deacons. In every age, Brother Brown says there are three spirits that we need to guard against. The spirits of Biliam, which is the spirit of the love of money. The spirit of Jezebel, which is a, a domineering female spirit. And the spirit of the Nicolaitism, which is a domineering male spirit. So that means that's when you conquer the laity. Brother Branham says that's how it started in the first church age. It started as a deed. But when he went to the second church age, then the deed became the doctrine. Are we together? So what is happening? The people, Nicolaitism, comes from the first deacon that was elected called Nicholas. Are you with me? But the greatest deacons that any deacon should aspire to be like is Stephen. Because later he became part of the fivefold ministry, a man full of the Holy Ghost and full of wisdom. Why is wisdom critical? You are going to assess matters. You are going to make certain decisions about people's lives. You are going to handle sensitive information. And that is why a deacon should know, if I know a matter, it must be a matter that is known to you. Matters are of believers are handled with confidentiality. Uh, are we together? Uh, the issues of the children of God are not a pillow talk with your wife. You, you must find something to entertain your wife because that is critical. Are we together? And I'm talking, I'm saying things here because a lot of sisters, they were not able to stay longer in the faith. They got destroyed because they ended up knowing things that they were not capacitated to, to know. Children of ministers are quite disrespectful because they know too much. A deacon goes to correct him, but because the pastor told mom about the deacon, and now mom has told the children, the children are looking at the deacons, and they undermine the deacon. In the church of God, there is a way to handle matters. Are we together? And the same thing with you, congregation, because some of you, you come to the pastor's office to say, hey, pastor, I've got such and such problem. But before you come to the pastor, you have phone half of the church. And later, when the half of the church knows, you think the pastor is the one that told them. No, I always ask people when they come to me and say, who have you discussed this with? 
or so and so, so that I know that if it goes out, you are responsible for it. Are you with me? You cannot, while you go to the doctor uh, regarding a certain medical condition, you phone all over, you send emails all over, then you come to the doctor and the doctor examines you. Later, your friend asks you and say, how is it going with that condition? Then you say, ah, it must be the doctor. No, you are the one that went around the community to tell the people about your conflict. And uh, hear me out here, sisters. Be a wise woman. Some women are very careful when you are in their company. They will just listen when you talk about your husband. They will not say anything because they are protecting their own husband. I said it. I know Amen are not coming, but it's not a problem. Especially sisters, they like discussing. I hope I'm not stepping on anyone's toes. But there are times when you need to know what to say about a husband. I liked, there's a couple that came to see me. It's not a very sensitive matter. They had a, a situation, and after they had a situation, the brother ran away. Uh, and the sister remained alone to handle the situation. Now, when, when, the, when they were explaining to me, I realized that the, but there is a disconnect here. I said, but tell me, the brother, where was he when this happened? So the sister was trying by all means to hide that the brother ran away. But then I could see that this woman is a woman of substance. Had it been anyone else would have phoned and said, guess what, I just remain alone. He ran away. And now the brother, I asked him, I said, why did you run away? He gave very good reasons why he ran away. Uh, I'm just checking in parables here. Are we together? So a woman of dignity, especially when you are a sister that is married to an office bearer, there is a way that you speak about your husband. And if there is a disc, if there is a contention, there is a way to handle it. And the best person is to bring it before the pastor so that it gets handled. But if you phone half of the church while your brother is here trying to be a deacon ashari, they are looking at him. They may end up even giving him a nickname because of your irresponsibility. Are we together, folks? That is why the Bible says they must be sober. They must be reverent. They must be grave. They must have self-respect so that they are respected by others and they lead by examples. When we do these things in this manner, the church of God runs harmoniously. Everyone at their post of duty and then the Holy Spirit comes and heals the people because every man and woman is in their position. Brother Brum says the deacon board has got no right to disfellowship anyone. And he says in COD, the only thing that they can do, if somebody comes here and starts proposing to our girls and wanting to corrupt our boys, the deacons must take a stance and tell him that, boy, you are not coming here next week. We don't want to see your face. 
Because why? There's got to be an order in the church of God. And the deacons are the custodians of that order. Uh, are you with me? And then I'm just going to give the brothers the, just to come and read you. These are the bylaws of the church as it was done at Brenham Tabernacle. And thereafter, I'm going to ordain the deacons. But before I do that, shall we read Hebrews 13 verse 17 together? If you can bring it up, we're going to read it together. Obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls. As they that must give account. That they may do it with joy. They can only do it with joy when you cooperate. And not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Do you believe that if they were to save, it will be unprofitable for them? Brother Brum, in the message of total deliverance, he says, It's your duty to stand by these men, for they will make mistakes. They are mortals. They are just men. They will make mistakes. But if the President of the United States makes a mistake... Do we throw him out as a president? We forget about it and move on. That's the way we want to do with the church now. There will be times they may not speak to you in the way that you thought they should speak to you. Find it in your heart to know that they are mortals. They make mistakes. And the least, the best that you can do, don't gang up against them. Pray for them. Because if they serve with joy, it becomes profitable for you. But if they serve with grief, it becomes unprofitable for you. Can the church say amen to that? Hallelujah. And then I'm just going to get them to come. Uh, The other issues, I will address them as we move along the year. But it's not a problem. But I think I've covered what I wanted to cover this morning. And uh, brother... I want to say, uh, brother, the scripture says, I will give you pastors who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. That means the pastor is, the God, is God's gift to the church. And the board is the church gifts to the pastor to assist the pastor in saving the church better. Uh, are we together? So I believe that... Uh, even for us to be where we are over these many years is because the church has given me good men that are helping me to navigate this ship. Are we together? And I believe that the brothers that are coming on board, they will continue to contribute to the great work that has been done by the office bearers that they are finding in office. Are we together? So we really appreciate them for availing themselves and even for the ones that are already in the office, they will operate together, but they must know the teachings of William Brenham is the arbiter on how to run the church. God bless you richly. I would invite 
Brother Mpanyana to come and read something, and I will invite Brother Mslavi to come and read something, and I'll come and invite Brother Dipadi to read something. Then thereafter, we will just lay hands on our brothers. You can play softly there. It's a nice. Amen. You can come, my brother, and then this is what they used to put at Branham Tabernacle on their display which were the bylaws of the church, so that everybody is exposed to that. Amen. Where do I sit? God bless you. I'll read about the office of the deacons. The office of deacons as elected according to the word of God and the manner of Brenham Tabernacle is to act as an office of spiritual assistance to the pastors. They are to assist the pastors on all his spiritual activities. They are given free speech in presenting to the pastors any program or any benefits that will bless the general and spiritual welfare of the church. They must be apt to teach and ready to assist the pastor or associate pastor on every duty if called to do so. They shall assist in serving communion. They shall be acting ushers in all services. They shall police the church in keeping civil order and conduct. They shall assist in taking local offerings. They shall oversee the spiritual conduct of the church in working with the pastor and one another on spiritual problems and matters of the saints. They shall be ready at any time to assist the need of every saint who is burdened and need of spiritual consultation or general welfare. They have not, not the right to act upon any program or promotion without agreement with one another the pastors or the trustees if the program they are considering doing involves church funds. They will be responsible for God for their conduct and manner of service. According to the word of God, they shall not have meeting among themselves without the pastor or associate pastor present. Amen.
Christian Saints. Uh, I shall read about the office of the trustee, uh, according to, as, as said uh, by Brother Brenham. The body of men shall govern the welfare of the church as a business group. They are elected to protect the church in its financial matters, its business investment, the supervision of its properties, and its expenditures. They shall strongly consider every move of progress step by steps, which involve church funds, for they shall be responsible to keep the church from indebtedness and the saints from burdens that are too great to bear financially. In the undertaking of any project, regardless what it is, they are to bring the matter to the pastor, consultation by the pastor, consultation by the pastor only for every financial project the church wishes to invest or engage itself therein, it is absolutely required. Uh, may the Lord, good, good Lord bless you. Amen. Shalom, saints. I'm going to read from the office of the treasurer. The responsibility of the treasurer is to provide an exact account of financial status of the present funds in the treasury. This report is to, is to made available to the pastor or the board of trustees upon their, request, upon their request of such a report. No other office in the church may have access to this information. He may obtain such information from the trustee's report given to him by the treasurer. The treasurer shall sit in on every trustee meeting to take notes and minutes of action by the board of trustee, trustees. He has not the authority to convey or acknowledge the financial status information to any acting office in the church but the, sta- but the, but the pastor or the board of trustees. He shall not be a consulted in a spiritual matters nor is it of need that he should attend meetings of the deacons unless asked to by the pastor. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Is it clear, believers? Amen. Amen. Brother Thomas Watt, if you can step to the fore. And Brother Andre, Philip Andre. I would like your wives to join you. Maybe let's start with Brother Watts and the wife. Shall we bow our heads? Can you just put your by your right hands here? Gracious Heavenly Father, the church and the board made a nomination and elections were done and the prophet of the hour teaches us 
that the majority is the Holy Ghost in the church. And on the basis of what the church elected, they saw fit that our brother is honorable, reverent, God-fearing men that can serve in the office of a deacon. Dear God, I'm just praying for him and his wife. Our prophet teaches us that when you call a man into an office, you call his wife as well. Dear God, what an honor to be a deacon because those that serve and are found to be blameless, they shall gain double honor. I'm praying for this family. Many families I will be saved by them. Give our brother the wisdom. Give him the resiliency to be able to be of better service to the church of the living God. I pray for them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I'm praying for our brother, Brother Philip. He has been proven to be a man that loves the Lord, that loves this message. And dear God, the church is so fit that his leadership can be of service to them. I'm praying for wisdom upon his life. And may the Holy Spirit, who is our guide, may the Holy Spirit guide our brother. I'm praying for his wife as well. Because there's so many things that the husband would go through that only the wife would know about. May you capacitate them for an office. And I say, Satan, whatever plans that you may have, I abort those plans in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. That these men and women, when they come on the other side, they should realize the gravity of the decision that they took when they receive a crown on the other side. We want to thank you as I commit them and their homes to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, I present I present to you Brother Thomas Watts and Brother Philip Andre as your deacons. Amen. So I don't know whether the other board members, if they can come, the whole church, we're going to pray with them together. Maybe if they can come with their lovely wives. We're not ashamed of our wives, no? Amen. We took our time. We took our time when we chose them. Amen. As you come to the fore. to bow our heads and we are just going to have a prayer. Do you mind all of us to join together? If you are sitting next to your wife, you can hold her with your hand. If it's not your wife, keep your hand to yourself. (laughs) But if it's a brother, you can hold the brother's hand. Similarly, the brothers here in the front, we are just going to have a prayer I don't know, Brother Chetty. Let's keep that door closed. 
so that there is no movement at all. Amen. Shall we pray, church? Gracious Heavenly Father, we are praying this morning. We thank you for such giving us these men and women to be available. They made themselves available to be of service to your people. We can never take for granted the sacrifices that they make. Many a time, some of them hardly are in their homes, moving from a meeting to a meeting, trying the best that they can do for your kingdom and for your children. Dear God, Satan hates that. And many a times he will have the old missiles aimed at them. But dear God, this day I pray, may you fortify their families. May you protect their families. May you keep the devil at bay. And I say, Satan, you have no right to be a partaker in any family. These men and these women are here elected by the church to be of service to his people. May the spirit of harmony continue to reign among them, dear God. Because on the other side, there are crowns to be attained. And how we attain those crowns, it depends on what we do on this other side. I know, dear God, it's not an easy sacrifice. A lot of times they'll stay awake at night thinking what is the right course of action that needs to be taken in order for the betterment of the welfare of your people. May the Holy Spirit come and lead them. May the Holy Spirit go and reign in their families. May Satan be far from their families. May you strengthen their marriages, O God. May they be such a sweet spirit among them. Whatever they touch, dear God, let it be a blessing, dear God, so that it can become an example to anybody that when you set yourself aside for a service, God is bound to reward you. I pray for them. I pray for their children. I pray for their marriages. I pray for their finances. I pray for every avenue of their life. May you be a blessing, dear God. And dear God, they are here in this town, lifting the banner of the message. For some of them, it has been many years, and they stood here unwavering. They stood firm, dear God. And through them, many were born into the kingdom. May they continue to be resilient, dear God. And I say, Satan, I know you are a hater of good things, but the Lord is a lover of good things. And this day, we are taking sides with Jesus for the kingdom of God. I commit every man and every woman to you, dear God, even the laity that is here that is going to be saved by this man. May you lead them, dear God. May you give them a spirit to respect this man, to respect the offices of this man, to pray for this man, to understand the strength that this man may come under. But God, I know when you are for us, who can be against us? We are bound to bring the devil under our subjection. And I say, Lucifer, you were defeated in heaven and you will be defeated here on earth. You stand no chance against the church of the living God. I pray for this church, oh God. This is the desire of this church that it must be led and run on the principles that were given by the prophet of the hour. We are not ashamed of our prophet. We are not ashamed of the message of our prophet. We are not ashamed of what he gave us. We hold it dearly to it. Oh God, I'm praying, oh God, whatever demons that may stand against this church, I say, Satan, Jesus Christ prayed us for all. 
2,000 years ago. And his prayer still stands today. As I commit them to you, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. A round of applause. You may take your seats. God bless you. Amen. I am redeemed as we stand to the fore on our feet. Somebody say, Brother Mariva, when God calls you home, just a sec. When God calls you home, how would you want to be remembered? I said, the only way that I would want to be remembered for, he did the best that he could do to lift the banner of the message. Are we together? That's my desire uh, to make sure that whatever the prophet taught us, we hold it daily to it. Pray for me. I solicit your prayers. A lot of the daytime, the devil causes a stay. But what keeps us going is the prayers of the saints. Don't ever stop praying for us. I depend, my wife and I are depending on your prayers. It takes a lot to lead the church of the living God. There are some wounds that get inflicted on you that you may never tell anybody else. But when believers gather together and are praying for you, and one more time you say, I will fight one more battle. I will climb one more mountain. I will cross one more river. Why? Because believers are praying for you. And I'm glad that as a church in this town, we have taken a stance and lifted up the banner of the message in this town. Brother George Martin said, oh, Brother Madiba, there was a time when I was skeptical, but now I can affirm God has surely done something in the land of Wheatbank. And many pastors are giving us encouragement and say, hold on, keep on keeping on. The Zimbabwean friends will say, keep on keeping on. And at no point in time must we let down the bar. Hallelujah. Let's continue to climb higher and higher and preserve the purity, the sanctity, and the sacredness of this message. God bless you richly.
your name. I bless your name. And thereafter, we're going to close with a word of prayer. Brother Barrero, uh, if you could come and just lead us in prayer. Amen. I bless your afternoon father we come before thee at the closer of uh, such a meeting a closing time of such a wonderful gathering lord 
It has been indeed a grateful day for us to hear such good things, Lord. Sometimes we take things for granted. Sometimes we think we know when we do not know anything. But we are so happy that, Father, you sent your prophet along our way. And that, Lord, we are not such a people that this afternoon be thinking and trying to find out what we ought to do. Father, everything has been laid down on the table, Father. There was an instruction from the angel to store up the food. Father, and I think and I'm fully persuaded this afternoon that you had us in thought, Lord. When you commanded the prophet, we have all the tapes recorded and all the messages taped. Father, we can read the books, we can listen to the tapes. Father, we do not need to argue on everything, oh Father, concerning the teaching that we have. Father, it's so aligned with the scriptures that, Lord, even the Bible scriptures, which we could not even understand, when we read the Bible, Father, it's like we are zooming out every scripture, oh Lord. We are so thankful, Father, for such a teaching. We are so thankful, Father, for your prophet. We are thankful, Heavenly Father, for our pastor, Almighty God, that he would devote his time to teach us. Lord, we are beginning to think about what it is with other churches that are just doing things as they wish and as they will. What is it, oh God, with other churches who have to wait upon the men of God, just a man of God without trustees, a man of God without deacons, a man of God without people to listen to any order. Father, we are so grateful this afternoon. We want to go home appreciating such a message. We want to go home appreciating our brothers whom we have uh, ordained this day in a grateful office, Father, such a great uh, calling almighty God, where they have to be accustomed to spiritual matters, guarding our souls almighty God from filthy, guarding our souls almighty God from evil. Father, what an honor we have. All we have to do is just to be in subjection and God and that we be guided in the spiritual realms. Father, and that we can be guided to come into your presence. We are so thankful, Father, for this afternoon. We commit heavenly Father our houses. We commit heavenly Father our families. We commit heavenly Father our cars to the ministration of the word of God. Father, whatever may be needed, we may be a willing church to contribute our hearts, to contribute our efforts, to contribute heavenly Father, even if it be monetary, to contribute even, Lord, our presence to come, almighty God, and gather in this fashion. We thank you, Father, for giving us that energy and giving us that understanding. Let it be blessed, O God, in thy presence. In Jesus Christ's name, Father, we pray. As we go back to our homes, may you lead us and may this word find a place where it can be anchored, Lord, and stay with us that when we come back again on an on, on appointed day, Lord, we'll be having something to, to hold on to. We'll have a strength to say we are still holding on because of yesterday's message. We thank you, Father. In Jesus Christ's name, Father, I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you richly. I hear that the sisters had an awesome fellowship time yesterday. Amen. So we appreciate the Lord for that, Sister Lorraine for organizing that. Sisters of the faith standing shoulder to shoulder against Satan and strengthening one another. Amen. Isn't it such a good thing? Amen. We are used to women running each other down, but to find women that stand together, it's a privilege and an honor to have such. Amen. 
Brother Brown says, before I leave you, he says, therefore, in the message, you must be born again. He said, therefore, it's the duty of we as pastors to see that this flock is fed and fed right because God Almighty will require your blood at our hands and the day of the judgment will answer for you. So seeing this great, tremendous responsibility that's placed upon us, God has given us people who love us and come to hear us, then we should spend our time constantly watching for your souls. When the first little thing we see raising up that's not right, it's our duty to come to that person because we are shepherds watching that sheep. And if I see that sheep eating on a wheat that will kill it, I better drive it away from that wheat. Jack the wheat right away from it so it cannot get to it because it will kill the sheep. God bless you richly. That's why I pray for us for such a duty. Amen. Our photographer says the wives of the office bearers. He needs you just to have a photo shoot for our website. So don't leave. Just need a few shots of you before you go. Amen. Now, what we'll do, we'll sing a song, and thereafter, you are dismissed. We kept time. We are still within time. Amen. Any song, and then from there, I will be, Brother Kuni, I will be leaving the stage. But maybe let's just say, in the cross, and thereafter, you will sing what you love. In the cross, in the cross, amen.
Sing what is in his heart. I'm doing deployment here. Yeah? <laughs> Two songs, then after you're dismissed, have a blessed week. Amen. Let it be a victorious week. Whatever bottlenecks that the devil put there, we clear them in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever deadlines that are there shall be managed in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever reviews that are there are going to be positive reviews in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever we need, it shall happen this week in the name of Jesus Christ. Delight in the Lord, he shall give you the desires of thy own heart. Everything is under control, Mzalwan. Have a blessed week. Amen. Wonderful day, it's a wonderful day.